0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, announcing the winner of the Rasmussen Stick Sweepstakes and beginning our mid-season evaluations. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Scotty, uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. Uh, we are gonna first and foremost begin our player evaluations. We changed up. We normally do player grades. We're gonna change up how we do it a little bit because grading players is just so subjective, and really, there's not a lot of weight behind it. Uh, not that there's gonna be that much more weight behind it now when we do it because it's still subjective. But hopefully, a little bit uh, simpler will make it a, sound a little bit more effective. I think is is what we're shooting for. Sure. So um, first and foremost, though, Scotty, one happy Monday. We're back again. Another five days, All Star week off. So it's uh, we're gonna fill some time here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, this week is actually my first week back to five on Tigers as well. So uh, baseball season looming. So kind of mm-hmm. yeah, kind of gonna be a, gonna be a fun week.
0: Well, over here at Red Wings, we're gonna be doing. Well, we're going to be doing them until we're done with them. The mid-season evaluation yeah. but before we can do that. We got a couple of things to get out of the way. First, we have to announce the winner of our uh, Rasmussen, game-used Rasmussen stick sweepstakes. We got 234 responses to the Google form. So that's a lot of entrants. And uh, we did get our winner. So we're going to announce that now for you guys instead of making you hang on until the end. Uh, so the winner... Of our Rasmussen stick sweepstakes is at Tim Cornthwaite. so that's uh, at T I M C O R N T H W A I T E eight zero three nine. We are going to send uh, you an yeah. email per the email you gave us on the on the form and let you know that you won, so we can figure out how to send this to you. Thank Ooh. you to everyone who participated. That's Unfortunately, Tim. only one stick, so we can only give it to one person in the end. But yeah, we. Well, giveaways relatively often though. Every few months, it seems like we're able to get one. So uh, keep your eyes and ears out. Yeah. Uh, The other thing before we can get into the mid season evaluations is, and this is our all-star break conversation, right? Because I mean, I just, this is a personal thing and I'm sorry if some of you guys really love the all-star game. I don't care about it personally. I think it's a a big, you know, pony show. Oh boy. Um, but there were a couple things we can touch on. I think the biggest thing, Scotty cat got snubbed as all-star MVP. And that is when you, when you understand why Matthews got the MVP, it makes sense given the media market, but he just got snubbed hardcore. He carried that team.
1: Yeah, what do you have? Like six points, <laughs> three goals,
0: three assists, and a shootout winner, and they gave it to Matthews, who had one less goal and one less assist. But it was in Toronto, so they had to give it to the home. I won't say hometown guy because he's from Arizona, but like the home. No, player. no, but yeah, you're
1: obviously yeah, um, yeah, big time snub. Um, um, yeah, I, I, we don't have to go down the like meaning of the All Star Game rabbit right. hole, but. Uh, because I think it is yeah, – I don't think it's like fourth of four in the four main American sports. I, I think football is pretty comfortably there. But, um, yeah, certainly not one of the the top ones either.
0: Yeah, and I mean like the skills competition had its really cool moments. Um, I yeah. loved Nikita Kucherov just not giving a crap. Like I, I both loved and hated Crazy. it. Like, one, the fans hated – Which was, I thought was funny. I mean deservedly so, right? Like, Yeah. The, I understand the fans perspective. Like they paid to be there, but I also understand the player, like a player like Nikita Kucherov being like, I can't say no, or I get suspended for a game. So I'm just going to, I'm he quite quit. He quite quit the, the all-star game skills competition. The
1: best part was, uh, Michael Buble. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, Michael Buble
0: was the most, because you know, these players are taught to be just like cardboard. Uh, when it comes to interviews, Buble was the opposite of that. He was fine. Well, (laughs) <laughs> he had some help. <laughs> yeah, he definitely had some help. But I mean, like those are that's it. That that's the all-star game. That's that's yeah. your all-star game recap because it's there's nothing of substance, nothing matters when it comes to the all-star game. So yeah. Without further ado, you want to get into mid season evaluations? Let's we got 23 it. players to do, so it's probably gonna be a multi part episode. Um, so let's get up. Let me first change our background here, and we can get into we are doing a little bit different this time around. So what we were doing instead of doing grades, oh, that's um, instead of doing grades, we were doing kind of like, did, are they meeting expectations halfway through the season? And it's still pretty subjective, but the problem with grades uh, was that the grades were different for every player. Like a Christian Fisher a is not the same as a Dylan Larkin a. So I think that put, doing meeting expectations and below expectations is a easier way to filter players uh, by, you know, where we feel they are at, given what they are expected to do. And Scotty, is there any particular way you want to attack this or should we just go left to right in the rows?
1: We can literally. Yeah, let's just go down the line, man. And we can. Uh, and And like you said, I mean, it's probably going to take us a couple episodes to get through everybody, but. Uh, I think we just go down the line that way we're kind of mixing in, you know, all positional groups in the same, you know, conversation as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, So the first one on this list here is Patrick Kane. Obviously plays, has played 19 games, joined this season in November. He has seven goals in those 19 games as well. Uh, Played great when he did play, got hurt and is expected to return, but we don't count injuries towards our evaluation of a player because you can't control injuries. So we're talking strictly when this player is on the ice, are they failing meeting exceeding Scotty? I'm gonna let you go first. What do you feel Patrick Kane is doing? Uh, expectations wise.
1: Yeah. The the only debate for me here is, uh, which of the top two does he fall into? Um, I mean, especially, uh, our, our takes stay public, baby. Right. Like we, 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 we don't have the luxury of, uh, of, of hiding behind or like trying to pretend like we said something different. I mean, when he was out on the market, uh, both of us had serious hesitations. Then you even came around before I did. So, uh, maybe, maybe this is more of a, uh, like everybody else was like, no, he's going to be good. And, and it's just an exceeding expectations. But, um, for me personally, at least, I mean, there's a heavy debate here that, uh, that he should be in the very top. Uh, above and beyond expectations, our highest ranking here.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I'm at with Patrick Kane. Halfway through the Red Wing season here, he's above and beyond. And it comes back to what our expectations for him was. I mean, our expectations were if he if he plays on the ice and he can be, you know, w- half of what he has been in his prime, he'll be a benefit. But at worst case, he doesn't play because he's too hurt to play, and it doesn't really hurt you at all. Yeah. He has been when he was healthy, at least before this injury against Toronto in mid January. He was the best player on the ice almost every single shift he was out there. Yeah. And granted, sample size is a big part of this, but you know, expected goals four percentage wise, he leads the team because and it's not because of his defense, it's because he possesses the puck so well that when he's out there, they're in the offensive zone more often than not. This is a team that struggles to generate offense and consistent offense. Let me rephrase that they're they struggle to generate consistent offensive zone pressure. They score a lot of goals, but it's off of rushes and power plays. When Patrick Kane's on the ice, they get sustained offensive zone pressure. So for me, I'm with you, Scotty. He he is above and beyond expectations uh, for us right now.
1: Yeah. I, I, like I said, the only debate was really if he was going to be above and beyond or just quote unquote exceeding. And uh, I'm, I'm totally cool with him being in the top one.
0: Absolutely. And so from there, we move from left to right. That's, I believe Jake Wollman is up next. You're also going to see how, how hard it is for me to remember faces. I'm terrible with faces. So um, unless there's a number on their back, man, I struggle sometimes. Um, But yeah, that's Jake Wollman, I believe up next. And this is a guy, Scotty coming into the year. What were our expectations of him? Top pair D-man with an offensive, he's got a little bit of an offensive edge to him as well, but he and Wolman played, or he and Sider played so well together. Like this was our bona fide number one pair, but there's been a lot of talk this year about where they rank in like the advanced analytics. Obviously we have fought back against it. It's going to be interesting. I don't think he's below expectations with me. I don't it's for me, it's, it's a battle between meeting and exceeding expectations.
1: Same. Yeah. I, I, I was, uh, that was going to be my lead as well was it was between those two. Um, I'm pretty fine with putting him at meeting. Uh, I, I don't, and, and again, like meeting expectations when you're, when your expectations are high is like good. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, when we've done this in the past, there's almost been sometimes like a negative connotation towards meeting expectations. Like that's that's good, that's fine. Like that Jake Wallman's expectations were top pair defensemen. If he's meeting those, then he's playing like a top fair defense top pair defenseman. So like, um, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And he's obviously one of the more uh valuable pieces on this team, especially when the wings are in the offensive zone. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with meeting expectations if you are.
0: And the reason why I almost want to put him in exceeding too, is because of the fact that despite all the defensive zone starts and all the tough competition they're facing, he also does have a new career high in goals with still 30 games left to play in the season. And I know he joined partway through the season last year. He didn't play a full 82 because of the surgery that he had in the off season. But like he's still improving his offensive zone production while also getting nothing but like defensive zone starts against the hardest competition. So that's why I'm kind of like I know the advanced analytics don't love Jake Wallman, but I mean he and Sider are the best defensemen on the ice every single night. So I, I don't know where where you said meeting expectations.
1: Yeah, uh, for again and like I'm totally I'm I don't have nothing against slightly exceeding either, but uh, it's it it would be. Uh, small enough exceeding where like I'd be fine with either of them.
0: Yeah, we're gonna put him in meeting expectations, and that's a good thing because expectations were high for him,
1: right? Again, yeah, meeting expectations when our expectations were play like a top pair defenseman is a right. great thing. So.
0: <laughs> so, next up, that's Joe Valeno. Now, this is a guy, <laughs> this is this is a guy, right? Chris right
1: Collinsworth, yeah.
0: Um, we're gonna. I have thoughts on Joe Valeno, so but we're going to hold on to that because we got to take a quick break. So stay tuned for Joe Valeno and segment two of Locked Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. It's past the halfway point in the NHL season, and the Red Wings are comfortably in a wild-card spot with a six-point lead. But don't take it for granted. Teams behind you, they got games in hand. So regardless of where they are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the lockdown NHL network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. What player, all you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, Joe Fileno. Uh, will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves plus minus, and more in a given game to win hundred times bet on sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me Red Wings fans. You can win a hundred times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks and start winning big use promo code lockdown NHL, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. That's Code locked on NHLC sleepers, terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment two locked on Red Wings podcast. Now we are grading Joe Valeno, uh, a guy who I think our expectations for were pretty low <laughs> coming into the season. So I think this is what a guy that we thought might end up being the extra guy for the Red Wings this season, especially after the, like the, he took a pay cut in the offseason as an RFA lot to prove. Didn't really do, didn't take that step forward last year. We were hoping played pretty well.
1: Yeah, th- this is a, I, I think the easiest one so far, I think this is like just a slam dunk exceeding expectations. Uh It's not, you know, like the most above and beyond Like he's not playing himself into a conversation where we're like, oh, like Valeno top six. But like he is very, very comfortably exceeded what at least me personally and I know us as a show had laid out for him going into this year. I think this is uh, on 100 percent exceeding expectations and there's not too much else to say.
0: Yep. I'm 100 percent with you. I mean, this is a guy who has worked his way on to power play times. He's on playing on power play two at times when he's become a
1: legitimate asset, not just Mm -hmm. like where do we put him?
0: Yeah, uh, this like is a guy that
1: you're you're looking for time on the ice for now
0: when Larkin and Comfort were injured he was the go-to guy to center yeah. between Deprique and Kane when Kane first started playing like this is a guy who has played really good hockey this season and he's found a really good role on the fourth line uh and th- the fourth line's playing well so yeah. yeah this is an easy like you said slam dunk exceeding expectations for Joe valeno I think he's already cr- he's already tied his career high in points this season. Uh, he's got 20 points already on the year, and that was all he had last year for a career high. So, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, this is this is the easiest slam dunk that there is. Uh, anyways, moving on from there, we got Daniel Sprong. Scotty, I'm going to let you set this one up because I know you love Sprong.
1: Yeah, man. I there, So I, I think I'm leaning toward just going exceeding expectations, but there is a part of me that's going like trying to – just because I love him so much, like play the mental gymnastics game to convince everyone that he should be an above and beyond. Uh, he's fourth on the team in points. Like the, the entire team, he is fourth on the team in points. Uh, 13 goals is fourth on the team. Uh, he already, I mean, we're at the all-star break and he's closing in on a 15 and 20, right? Like goal and, and assist numbers. Uh, he He's been fantastic. He's one of the best uh bottom six point producers in the entire conference uh i I think that's pretty safe to say at this point entire nhl is is something that we've talked about before as well and uh, as long as you know we're not in a position where he has to play up his uh he has to play higher than his like given role and we're you know as long as we're not in a position where Sprong has to be a a top line winger or anything like he's going to continue to excel and be a, be a point producer. And it comes with its nebs and flows and hot streaks and cold streaks because he is a, he is a shooter. Um, but, uh, but even then, like he kind of tamed, you know, got, got a little tamed in the, in the shooting department and, and kind of riled in and people were like, you got to, you know, go back to shooting a lot more. And he <laughs> made a joke about how he saw people complaining about it on Twitter. So, like it's uh I for me, I, I think I think I'll default to just exceeding. Um, but I would have no issue with above and beyond either. He's in the top four of the entire team in points. And he, you signed him with the expectation that he was gonna be a bottom six guy.
0: Yeah, so last year he set a career high in points in sixty six games with Seattle, forty six uh points, twenty one goals. The first time he'd ever broken twenty one goals, playing in a very similar role. Uh in fifty games now, he's got 32 points, 13 goals, 19 assists. I mean, he'll, he will break his career high in points Yeah, If he stays healthy, season. he
1: will not only break it. He'll, he'll comfortably. Yeah.
0: And part easy. of that is because he's going to have like, you know, he's played every single game so far this season. He's going to have yeah, an extra course. 15 games that he didn't have with Seattle last year. But I was a little, as much as I love the signing for the role that he was going to be playing with this team and he's excelled at that role. Um, Part of me was like a little bit like, OK, well, you know, what cop had a career year, you signed him and he didn't have the same year. So you were you're whenever you send a guy off a career year, you're a little nervous, you know, about whether or not they can replicate that. And he has replicated that success. So, I mean, for me, I think that's a it's a slam dunk exceeding expectations. And like, if you want, if you, I mean, I won't fight you on above and beyond expectations because I think we know that's things like we criticize his defense, right? Defense is, yeah. yeah, He'll have like one bad turnover a game, but that's also Daniel Sprong. That's part of what you're getting in Daniel Sprong. Like we're not going to give cat failing expectations because he is bad defensively. Like that's just part of the game that, you know, which is why we're grading these players or evaluating these players these way, this way, rather than giving them player grades, because we're, each individual player has their own set of expectations from us. So, and it's all very subjective in the end. Scotty, if you want him in above and beyond, I'm not going to fight you, but I, no, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay exceeding. with
1: exceeding. I'm okay I'm fine with that.
0: Um, Oh, big one coming up. Should we, I feel like we should save more at cider until after the break here. Sure. Uh, so let's just go to a quick break and we'll talk about cider in segment three of lockdown. Red wings. Got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to all who celebrate just a little less than a week away now. And FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two. Or three. New customers join today and you'll get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. If your first bet of five dollars or more wins, just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment three. Locked on Red Wings podcast, we're going to grade, evaluate, rather, I keep wanting to default to saying great, uh, evaluate, rather, Moritz Sider and our expectations, based on our expectations of him in this season. I mean, I'm not going to get up on my soapbox and tell you everything about Moritz Sider that I've already told you. I mean, the the two, TLDR of it is he is getting the toughest assignments of any defenseman in the league at 22 years old. And he's playing really well despite that. Every single time you watch him on the ice, he is the best defenseman. Sometimes just flat out the best player out there. Uh, for me, I mean, we talk about expectations, right? Our expectation was he was going to be the top pair D-man again. And he has been the number one D-man. But just given the assignments he's been giving, I find it hard not to give him personally an exceeding expectations because of what he's doing while on pace to at least tie his career high in points. He set his rookie season of 50. So he's doing it on both sides of the park.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I know that again, there was a lot of conversations about, uh, him and, and Wallman and their pairing and the production and whatnot. I'm pretty content with either meeting or exceeding for cider as well. Uh, this has been a, a solid season. We've obviously come to his defense quite a lot throughout this year with people saying that he's I think the word was regression was used uh, Mm. a lot by uh, some other fan bases, which I I, I think we both think is absurd. And uh, yeah, man, especially, you know, and I don't want to let recency bias take too much, but especially in the month of January, he was fantastic. So um, I'm I'm pretty okay with exceeding or meeting whichever one you're kind of more comfortable with.
0: Yeah, so far this season he has 26 points in 50 games played, six goals, uh, 20 assists. I imagine he'll probably get two more goals to break his career high in goals. Not that that matters so much for defensemen. Uh, so yeah, I mean he was a he was 50 points. Here's the thing too is he's a plus two. And I mean I know we don't like the plus minus statistic very much, but for him to have the assignments that he has on every given night and then still be in the plus category, and I know it's a team statistic, but there is still something to be said about that. We're not it's not everything far from everything, but there is something to be said about that. Yeah.
1: Him and Walman so, are both pluses, even though they have some of the hardest deployment in the league. Yeah. Um,
0: and like that, you, you know, people are gonna be like, well, you put Walman in meeting and Cider in exceeding.
1: Well Cider is Cider has even, a bigger role than Walman, pretty yeah. objectively. So
0: Cider's <laughs> getting even you look at those, we've put those puck IQs up, right? And Cider has even tougher yeah. uh deployments and usage than even Walman. And Walman's second in the league, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. <laughs> different, different roles. So, uh, next Same up, firing, obviously,
0: who do we got here next, Scotty?
1: Alex Lyon. Yeah. Alex Lyon. Did you say up that now? out loud because you didn't know who that was? or Because
0: I'm used to Alex Lyon having the locks <laughs> now. So I mean, I, I
1: think this down. is the shortest conversation. I think it's the easiest one of the entire team. This is very clearly above and beyond. And we can kind of just move on.
0: Yeah. Failing expectations. Agree. Uh, <laughs>
1: Nice. No, I now, mean, someone's gonna screenshot that and make us look like idiots, That's right?
0: I, think, I mean, he's uh, a top four, top three, top five. No matter how you you know, depending on how you want to filter the statistics, right? Like we were doing top uh, minimum time on the ice, one thousand minutes, right? And so that showed him top three, uh, just behind Connor Hellbuck, who was number one overall. I was nine two five save percentage to his nine two three. He's been, like you said, short conversation. There's there's no debating. He has been above and beyond, and we talked about the great January that they had. Could not have done it without Alex Lyon in that. He's been phenomenal,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, he's been. Uh, I mean, again, by a lot of stats, one of the best goalies in the entire NHL mm-hmm. this year, which I don't think anyone expected. So, yeah, that is that's uh, he is the 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 most above and beyond, even out of anybody else. You know, there the other people we put in that tier certainly, but um, he even kind of is is over uh on top of anybody else we put up there
0: absolutely and then next up staying with goalies james reimer uh james reimer man i said this this one's gonna be a tough one because i feel like he might be our first candidate for failing expectations but i don't know if i want to be that extreme with it so i don't know what are your thoughts
1: man yeah i um i'm i'm gonna push back on failing and go with below is probably uh the the safer bet I mean he has an 8 9 safe percentage and a three two two goals against average in what is that 12 games played 14 appearances 11 starts so um yeah I mean I it's it's the, the the frustration I had with Reimer early on in the season was not with actually anything to do with Reimer. It was the usage of the three goalies. And we were pounding our fists on the table for why do you have three goalies if you're just refusing to use Alex Lyon? <clears throat> now, clearly, the tune has changed pretty dramatically on that. And there's a chance that Reimer just kind of becomes that and doesn't have very many opportunities When uh, now that, you know, Huso is presumably on his way back. So uh, I'm not really sure how many games Reimer plans to to play the rest of the year, but that's not important. Like the, in the first half of the year, I, I don't think he was ever like, Oh my goodness, this dude is an absolute liability, but he didn't improve from last year. And last year was a down year from, for him uh, in San Jose. And his numbers really aren't significantly better than they were last year. So uh, I, I think the expectation was for Huso to be your 1A, Reimer to be your 1B, and Lion to be kind of your emergency third, at least in the summer. That was the expectation, right? How quickly we forget. But that was pretty consensus, the expectation. Um, and now we're in a position where Reimer's the guy that we might not have room to play like the entire rest of the year if Huso and, and lion stay healthy. So I think that's pretty clearly below expectations because he has literally gotten demoted down the depth chart. Um, but his, his numbers aren't, you know, like the worst thing you've ever seen, especially with goaltending down across the league. So I'll uh, I push back on failing, but pretty comfortably below.
0: Okay, I mean I can go with that. I think our our, our personal—that's the right thing, good, right? We 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 want this based on our personal expectations of him, and we knew last year he had a bad year on an otherwise really successful career he's this is last year's the first year's entire career he had a sub 900 save percentage and he was playing on a really bad sharks team and granted the wings defensively in front of him in the first half of the season was pretty abysmal too but still a better defensive core than what the sharks were pumping out last year so we are expecting despite him being 35 years old we were expecting him to bounce back a little bit and we haven't seen that bounce back he's been fine he's been serviceable but the sub 900 save percentage is not what this team needed coming you know into a year where they're looking to compete. So I'm okay with below expectations. And again, just to reiterate anything that we say in this episode, it's all super subjective. It's just based on our thoughts and things, feelings on the matter. So like you guys, if anyone has a disagreement or feel like we're off, like, or you think we're biased? Well, we probably are right. Like we have biases. <laughs> so, um, but this is just for fun, really. Um, man, man, I almost want to cheat and keep Lucas Raymond for tomorrow's episode and maybe just yeah, skip ahead. I mean,
1: that'll be a little bit of a longer convo, so I'm kind of fine with that.
0: We can skip ahead maybe here and like do. Sure. How about we skip ahead and do Olimata? Sure. I see him on this list. I like that. Uh, all right. So Oli... the only person's face you recognize. So you're like, let's do. Oli. I recognize everybody's face <laughs> on here. Lucas Raymond, Michael music. Okay, okay, Jeff Petri, we're, we're not bringing this into a
1: contested. You don't need to go down the line. There's way too many names. Olimana works for me. Um, you know, it's it, this is a weird one where like each, um, it, it, each month, if you would have asked me, my my opinion maybe changed. If you asked me in the first couple of months of the season, I might have a different answer than I do now. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty – man, I'm pretty okay with exceeding, to be honest. Wow. Um, I mean, again, like if if we're going based on preseason expectations, we were talking about this dude being the seventh D-man. Yeah, he was in the conversation for sure. He is now at a point where – is he blowing his expectations out of the water? Absolutely not, right? I'm not trying to make it sound like he's anything more than – than what he is as a player but for a guy that we were kind of penciling in as oh he will be the consistent healthy scratch uh and a consistent seventh d man i he had a really good january I, I really liked what i saw out of him there uh i i think he's been he's been pretty solid and he's uh, in my eyes he's been better than kind of what i expected out of him coming into the year um so, yeah, again, this is, as we've reiterated a lot, him in a vacuum, not compared to, like, his exceeding expectations is not the same as Merit Sider's, obviously, but um, I, I think for his expectations in a vacuum, he's probably done uh, better than what I thought.
0: That's interesting because I'm I'm not far from you, but I'm in the meeting expectations gallery just because, like, yes, sure. he was in a conversation for seventh theme D-man, but a lot of that had to do with, I feel, just an overloading and an abundance of of veteran demon right it was always going to be probably a cycle of the seventh demon but he really has not cycled out too much right um he's been consistently bottom pair on you know back there and yeah recently he's had to step up into a bigger role but that's not going to stay as soon as charat's back he'll be back down on the bottom pair i think he's kind of exactly been what i think he is exactly what
1: we thought he is on that bottom pair so
0: we're going to have to we're gonna have to settle an argument here. you know i
1: don't i don't need to go to war for that and and like i said the 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 exceeding that i have in mind is a is a slight exceeding it's not like he's like i said he's not blown it out of the water or anything um so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty fine with meeting
0: maybe we'll have to do like a, another category between both meeting above and below where it's like slightly exceeding expectations and slightly below expectations Let's just give
1: everybody their own tier just completely disregard the purpose of this entire yeah exercise. exactly i mean if
0: you're all right with it i'm cool putting it in meeting. Yeah, but i mean fine. unless you're like no no i'm, I'm totally cool with that Scott, i don't like arguing so you know you could bully me into it if you want That same yeah <laughs> great you got two ho- you you hosts who don't like conversations we're both just gonna roll over uh but i mean that's good for now we got yeah. through one two three four five six seven eight of the 23 players uh
1: obviously we'll probably we get through more, more tomorrow too yeah. just because we we had a little bit of an intro we had six or seven minutes of uh of Stuff intro content over, there that yeah. we won't have tomorrow so
0: so that's perfect. I, I like where everything's leaning so far. Let us know in the comments. There's some okay. really
1: interesting conversations left, man. Obviously Razor, but um, I mean, Petrie and Charot both, I think are pretty interesting. Larkin, I think there's, you know, an interesting there. Ghost, I think might be the most interesting conversation of the whole team. Yeah. He's um, one where you kind
0: of want to split it between quarters of the season.
1: Right. There's uh yeah. I mean, cop, obviously been, been way better lately. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of pretty interesting conversations left.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, let us know in the comments where you would rank these guys on the tier list between meeting and exceeding and below expectations and so on and so forth. Uh, Scotty, do you have any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow to continue this conversation, so stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.